0: Episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host Jeremy Greer. Today's guest is Alex G. Uh, Alex is a relatively unknown Souls player who had the poor misfortune of playing the Souls games for the first time while drunk. You can hear that story and all of his, all of the rest of his journey throughout the Souls series in this episode. Go to don'tgiveupskeleton.com to get all the links to previous episodes and all of the links to the social media that you could ever possibly shake a stick at thank you everybody who's left an itunes review i really really appreciate that and um yeah enjoy the episode why don't you tell me about the first time you've ever played a souls game or a firm software game So the first Souls experience I ever had was actually right after my 21st birthday. I was over at a friend's house. We were drinking. (laughs) This is already going to end well, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, God, yes. And my friend said, hey, I've been playing Dark Souls. Do you want to give it a try? And I said, sure, why not? And he hands me the controller, and it's Dark Souls 2 vanilla, because Scholar wasn't out yet. And he was fighting the Pursuer. And that run up when you're slightly drunk and don't know the controls or anything was absolute hell, but somehow I managed to kill him and we were playing so that every time you died, you had to take another sip or a shot or, or whatever (laughs) just so you get progressively more drunk. And after I killed the pursuer, he said, why don't you make your own character and, you know, try it yourself. And so I did. And I made some pink haired abomination, you know, excellent and i could not get through things betwixt like something about the the jumping mechanics they were bound to run instead of l3 or r3 and i i just couldn't couldn't do it very well at all and i eventually made it to the forest of fallen giants before i had had enough drinking and said this is really fun but i need stop or else it's going to end badly Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I had a friend that must get alcohol poisoning just this past weekend, um, doing, doing drunk souls, taking a shot every time she died. So <laughs> oh God. She, it was not, it was not a good situation. And she was streaming and, uh, I, fa- I didn't watch it, but I fast forwarded to the end of the stream the next day and was like, Ooh, Oh girl, <laughs> what did you do to yourself? <laughs> That's a dangerous game to get into. Like take a drink or do a shot every time you die in dark souls. Yeah. And especially when you're brand new, it got pretty bad, pretty fast. I can imagine. And and so when I got home the next day, I uh, looked at my Xbox 360 and uh, Dark Souls one was one of the games with gold for a while that I had downloaded and never even looked at, never touched. And I thought, well, I enjoyed what I played there. So why don't I give this a shot? And of course, the story ends the same way for everyone. I ran forward, found the skeletons, and got my ass handed to me. <laughs> so this was pretty late in the in the, in the the life cycle of these games, if it was already out for games with gold, right? Yeah, this was 2014, I okay. think. So right before Scholar had come out. Mm-hmm. And so I somehow trudged on through. I think I got this by-hander in the... In the graveyard and just turned around and ran away. (laughs) Used that for a little while and then realized that I was fat rolling because my friend had told me like, oh, yeah, you want to stay under your equip load. Otherwise, your dodges are going to suck. Yeah. And I finally made my way to the Berg. I think I must have fought the Taurus Demon for probably... 45 minutes before I figured out that there were snipers up on the... Uh, <laughs> the the little wall there. yeah. Yeah, shooting at me. <laughs> and then I thought, oh, I can probably plunge attack. I tried and missed and died the first time I ever tried to plunge attack Taurus. Oh no. And, you know, you kill him. I immediately killed Solaire. I have no idea why... <laughs> <laughs> Why did you kill Solaire? Did you just like accidentally hit him or like... What did I you... accidentally aggroed him, yeah. <laughs> oh no. I, I think I was trying to to mash to, to keep the dialogue going and I hit R1 or R2 or something and, and I aggroed him and I think I actually got the Hellkite Drake to kill him because he followed me onto the bridge. Yeah, that works. I think he does take damage since he's technically a, a co-op player at that point. Yeah, and uh, so Hellkite cleared that whole bridge for me. <laughs> And <laughs> I had no clue where to go because in front of me I saw this huge dragon. And I thought to look up a guide online. And I pulled out a bow and about six billion arrows and killed the Hellkite Drake with a bow from a little cheese safe spot. Did you get the Drake sword while you did that or did you just just kill him? I just killed him. I got all headshots. I didn't even know that tail cuts were a thing <laughs> my first playthrough. <laughs> you looked up the worst guide. <laughs> Pretty much I looked up how to kill bridge dragon Dark Souls or something. hmm And it just said shoot him with arrows. And so I I picked up a bow and all the arrows I could from Andre. So this was in 2014. Had you, besides your friend exposing you to Dark Souls 2, like had you heard about the series or anything? Like did you have any kind of idea of what you were getting into when you started this stuff? I hadn't really heard of Dark Souls that much. I knew from software through Kingsfield. Mm-hmm. I mean I'm a classic RPG guy. I never played Kingsfield, but back in the day I was always playing Final Fantasy stuff like that, so I heard the name. And I knew that Dark Souls kind of had a reputation for being that unplayable hard as heck game that no one could ever beat in a thousand years. Sure. But you didn't and, uh, you, you had no idea of what you were getting yourself into when you when you first started it up. Oh god no. The, like I said, the first time I was I was very drunk and someone had just handed me an Xbox controller and said, play this. <laughs> it's like the worst Dark Souls experience I can imagine. I don't like I have hundreds of hours of Dark Souls under my belt. And even now, if I've had a few beers, like I just don't even bother to play Dark Souls. I just know it's not going to end well. I mean, if you're if you're I guess if you're streaming and having a good time, that's one thing. But I'm just I'm just not capable of playing video games like to that level and drinking at the same time. It's not it's not even fun. Yeah, I can't do it either, and I caught, you know, all of uh, Lobos Jr.'s Drunk st- Soul streams and booze Born and all that, and I don't understand how any of those can pull off what they do. Oh, I haven't seen any of that stuff from Lobos. That's interesting. Yeah, he, I think he just did Drunk Souls 3 a couple of weeks ago. Oh, weird. Must have missed it. Um, What... Like, going through that game, how long do you think it took you to start picking up on the the story, or or did you even, th- throughout your first playthrough? So I knew that item descriptions were a thing from my brief time with Dark Souls 2, so I tried to piece together what little I could. But I'd say it took probably until my second playthrough before I started really recognizing what things were in relation to the lore and the world. You know, okay. that Black Knights were Silver Knights. The Bed of Chaos was the Witch of Izalith, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And after my first playthrough, I found Bonfireside Chat, of course, like everyone does. And uh, started listening to that and going, I didn't recognize any of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the game kind of hides stuff pretty well from you, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. And I mean, they were talking about illusory walls, which I don't think I found a single one of my first playthrough. I'm, I was trying to think back uh, because there's been so much conversation around illusory walls with Neo and how Neo handles illusory walls and mimics. And um, I was trying to think of the first time that I stumbled across one. I, I can't remember. I, it had to be the one that the uh, that hides the bonfire in front of the forest, but I, I don't remember actually doing it. I just always remember knowing it, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think the first one I ever found in Dark Souls one was actually the one that leads to the hollow and ash lake. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, just getting that chest and swinging at it, thinking it was a mimic and then wait, what the hell just happened? That wall <laughs> disappeared. Did you go through and like, try to do it with every single wall in the game after that? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, thank God, Dark Souls One weapon Dirty isn't like Dark Souls Two, where I would have gone through a lot of swords. Yeah, absolutely. I remember watching um, Kate plays LP on Dark Souls One, and the moment that she found an illusory wall, it was it turned into like, for two episodes. It was just the most boring LP as she tried to hit every single wall. <laughs> it, just, it was just not fun to watch. And it's so weird to think of them now because I know them so well, like the back of my hand. That you know, I just roll through them and don't even, don't even think. Mm-hmm.
1: Was it uh, actually
0: like? Did you participate in any of the multiplayer stuff with Dark Souls One? You said you were playing on 360, and I know the the population there is kind of dead nowadays. It's dead nowadays, but I was uh, in the Forest Guardian Covenant for Mm -hmm. a while, and so I did a lot of invasions. Um, You know, met my first giant dad, and realized how awful the community could be. (laughs) Absolutely. Did you uh, ever get any hate mail or anything like that? I did. I think I actually submitted a couple of things to that blog you don't like to talk about. Oh, really? Cool. <clears throat> in fact, I think that's how I found out about uh this podcast. That makes sense. Even though I haven't I haven't actually opened or logged into that Tumblr in so long. I should probably get on get on my job and do that, but I just haven't got around to it yet. Dark Souls three hate mail's just gonna be our one spam. That's all it's gonna be. Yeah, well that was a lot of Dark Souls one <laughs> <laughs> hate mail too. <laughs> And Dark Souls 3 was was worse because, uh, at least on the PS4, their recent players thing doesn't update very quickly. So, like, I I have a distinct memory of playing Dark Souls 3 and doing some invasions. Um, Oh, i got to go to the grocery store to pick up some food. Closing the game. Getting to the grocery store. My phone buzzes, and I look down, and it's hate mail from the PSN app saying, like, I can't believe you ganked me. And I was like, I'm at the grocery store, dog. (laughs) You've got the wrong person. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's, that's pretty good. No, uh, so I did the Forest Guardian for a long time, and the first playthrough I ever did, I actually got the Black Knight Halberd to drop. Mm-hmm. And so that was the weapon I went through you know, pretty much the entire game, and a lot of my subsequent playthroughs when I was still new were, were Black Knight Halberd, just because that weapon is ridiculous that in Dark so Souls 1. Much, it's so much fun. It really is, and I love the moveset. It's still probably my favorite weapon moveset in all of Dark Souls. It's just a ridiculously amount of fun to to, to use. I, like you said, the moveset is just so much fun to play with. It is. And I remember the most memorable thing about Dark Souls 1 for me was not ONS. I actually had a pretty decent time with them. It was Gwendolyn. Really? Yeah, I was stuck on Gwendolyn for probably twice as long as I was on ONS. Wow, that's an unusual thing to say. Like, what was it about Gwendolyn that was chirping you up? Um, I didn't have the dodge timing down very well, and I was fat rolling in full havels. That'll do it every time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not good, dude. <laughs> no, it really wasn't. I can take him down no problem now, but that first time it t- took me probably 50 or 60 attempts. Did you eventually get him with the Havels armor on and fat rolling, or did you have to kind of mix mix up your your gear? I actually got him with the Havels on. I ran him to the full end of the uh, the long <laughs> hallway. <laughs> I couldn't believe that there was actually an end to that hallway. Like when that was found out originally, I, I remember seeing it on YouTube the first time and going, "There's no way! How did? How long does that take to get to? Like that kind of thing." I think it takes a good ten minutes of just <laughs> running and dodging. <laughs> But what it was, was something it? like one in the morning when I finally killed him, and I had to stifle just screaming out, "Like yes, <laughs> yeah." He's, th- I, I like that fight a lot. I, that that fight is some of the most, um, because it's not super difficult uh, un- unless you're you know fat rolling and Havels, but you know as long as you can run and you can get the the timing down, it's it's actually a fairly easy fight but uh, something something about the presentation and the, you know, the, the way that the arena definitely looks like an illusion more than anything, just really, really works for me. Mm -hmm. And the music, I mean, Moonlight Butterflies theme or Gwendolyn's or I guess Aldrich, you know, that, that music is a really good track on that soundtrack. It really is. Yeah. Are you a big music guy? Do you, I mean, do you kind of resonate with the solo soundtracks? It's always a topic that I like to talk about. I do I mean I've played music my whole life I was in marching band and symphony band and all that in in school so so listening to that for cues and for for all that kind of stuff was one of the first things I really wanted to do on my second playthrough Mm -hmm. was was now that I knew how to dodge the bosses let the the track play for a while and just kind of listen to it okay but the weird thing is, is I bought the soundtrack and I realized that none of the songs sounded right to me. And then I realized, oh, there's no boss, you know, hitting walls or crumbling pillars in o and or anything. That was always that my ambience. example of that. Yeah. <laughs> the not having the pillars crumbling, it just makes me when I listen to that track outside of the game, it just makes me it makes me get like weird. I start looking for stuff that's not around or something. Yeah, it's definitely different to hear those soundtracks by themselves instead of with the full effect. It really is. I some some of the music in Dark Souls One is just so interesting. Like a, one of my favorite tracks on the that, that hardly anybody really listens to because the boss is so easy is Pinwheel's track. Pinwheel to me sounds more like a Demon Souls track than it does a Dark Souls track. Oh really? I I always kill him in like three hits. Yeah, exactly. Nobody. <laughs> but if you listen to it, it's. Uh, have you played Demon Souls? No, I haven't. It's the only Soulsborne game I haven't played. <laughs> gotcha. Demon Souls has such a, a unique soundtrack. I like guess it's, it's a lot less of the like the expansive choral orchestral stuff that they've done in the in the later games, um especially with Dark Souls 3 where I'm trying to remember the phrase. A recent a guy I recorded with recently told me that um it Every time he like every t- every boss in Dark Souls sounds but with the music Dark Souls three sounds like it's the end boss because the music is so <laughs> over the top and it Dark Souls one is guilty of that a little bit, but Pinwheel's theme is is kind of a throwback. It's like got this weird harpsichord sound to it that's you know it doesn't show up anywhere else on the soundtrack. Yeah, I'll have to look that one up after we're done recording. <laughs> so you skipped Demon Souls, but um how long did it did it take you to beat Dark Souls One? Oh god, probably weeks. And that character was so underleveled by the time I got to Gwyn. It was underleveled? Because most people oh, yeah. a- go into it on their first playthrough drastically overleveled because they've just been you know pouring souls into whatever they want to. See, I was more pouring souls into uh, into arrows and stuff like poison moss because for some reason on my first playthrough, I just wanted to explore every inch of Blight Town. Mm hmm. So I had a whole bunch of you know purple moss and blooming purple moss and all that. That you know that's where all my souls went was to consumables. <laughs> that's that's interesting. I, you know because most times when you play souls games nowadays, at least for me, like I skip a lot of the consumables like that because I'm like oh, I don't need them. I'm I'm too good for that. Oh, <laughs> I, is... I skip everything now. <laughs> <laughs> we need shields? Did it actually uh, help you out? Like, did you get a full exploration of Blighttown going? I did and that's how I found Great Hollow and Ash Lake the second or the first time was was another trip down there because for some reason even though it made the frame rate crap I just love the aesthetic of Blighttown yeah it's uh, I I actually really enjoy Blighttown I spent a lot of time invading there with stupid gimmick builds like I would dress up like Mildred, Maneater Mildred and <laughs> invaded the top of Blighttown a lot because was a really good time but most people that I know are like, no, 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 don't ever go into Upper Blight Town. Just use the master key and skip it. So. I mean, that's what I do nowadays. But that's just because I'm going to kill Quaylag easy. <laughs> yeah, just to get it done with pretty quick. What was oh, yeah, your What was your next game after Dark Souls One? Uh, it was the Scholar Patch, Dark Souls Two, but okay. on 360, so it didn't have the uh, the new enemy or item placement. Okay, cool. So I played that pretty much nonstop. i beat it with one character using dual maces power stanced and then i just went right back into it with a hex build and then a dex and then just over and over and over and over man that's that those power stance maces are some of my it's one of my favorite builds in that game that the moveset is so fun and so nice and it just like wrecks shop all over the place Oh, yeah, especially against, you know, heavily armored bosses, you know, ruined sentinels, mm-hmm. those, those kind of guys. It just it destroys them. It makes the uh, DLC so, so much easier. <laughs> Everything cause... except for Ivory King, the two cats oh well yeah that doesn't even count as a boss fight in my mind because it's such a pain in the ass to get to like i just don't even care what <laughs> you don't this... like reindeer i don't like the reindeer no that was uh that was one of my worst areas when i did a when i it on bonfire side chat with the worst areas episode that gary did because man I, that is just such a fucking slog and miserable I, I hate it so much oh i went through it once and i've never gone back <laughs> I don't blame you at all. It's just miserable. Like it's, it's not fun to play. Like it's not, it's not even, it, you know, cause dark souls can be not fun sometimes. It was in like you were in an area that you've died over and over again and it's grueling, but that area, it seems specifically like we're going to design the least fun area we possibly can and, you know, turn you guys loose in it. And make you, you know, make the same boss run five or 10 times. Yeah, and put garbage, you know, garbage summons in there, which, which I don't. You probably didn't even have on the 360 version. I don't think that those were in yet. Um, I think those came in with the, the the re-release, the scholar, and the new version. So, yeah, I don't think there were any NPC summons. I did summon some some real life people and then dismiss them right before the boss, just to help me clear out the uh, the unicorns and kind of make it safely to the fog wall, and then just got rid of them. What did you think about the, the difference in the Dark Souls 1 and Dark Souls 2 from, just, uh, from a gameplay, gameplay standpoint? Well, at first, I thought that they had made it a lot tougher because I hadn't quite grasped what adaptability was. Mm-hmm. So I felt like my iframes were just awful. So that was really weird. And even to this day, the movement still feels really kind of sluggish and awkward to me. Uh, especially early game yeah until you can start you know that's pretty much the first stat that i level up is adaptability just because i hate i hate slow rolling i hate the time it takes to use the 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 estes all of that is just just so aggravating it is and i'm getting to relive so many of those uh memories (laughs) with uh have you been watching Lobos's brother play through it for the first time? No, I haven't. <laughs> I know that he does that because I follow uh, I follow him on Twitter. The I follow Lobos on Twitter, but I, so I see that stuff. But I haven't actually caught any of the streams or anything. Yeah, he's right now. I think in he's either done now or still in the Ivory King DLC. Mm-hmm. And I've just been watching him rage at everything and feeling a bit better knowing that. that i wasn't as bad as i think i am it wasn't just you that everybody went through this at one time or that everybody goes through this and then of course you know uh invading at the bridge i spent a lot of time doing uh dragon whatever covenant Mm -hmm. that's uh that's actually when scholar came out on ps4 and i picked it up i ended up and I didn't do this in vanilla for some reason. I spent most of my time in the Blood arena, but uh, for some reason I spent a lot of time on that bridge in the PS4 version and had a really good time with it. Like it was, it was kind of a fun time, which I was surprised about because up until that point, I would have told you that I don't really like Dark Souls 2 PVP and I, I still don't like it as much as Dark Souls 1, but you know, there's something about just hanging out and being summoned into fight clubs and everyone was just kind of laid back about it. That was, you know, fun. Oh yeah. It's definitely not to the level Dark Souls 1 is just with all the, the fun trolling I mean, just like you, just like everyone else, I had a couple of invasions in... A... Oh, God, what's the skeleton area called with the, the cuttable bridge? Oh, in Dark Souls 3, the catacombs. Yeah, did that in Dark Souls 3, and then in Dark Souls 1 invading... Oh, God, Forest Covenant was always a good time. I think Dark Souls 1 still has the best invasion system and the best covenants for it. Yeah, I... I like the, the uniqueness to a lot of them, because it seems like in Dark Souls 2, they kind of codified like what the an what invasion, what multiplayer is going to be, and then they just kind of built the top of that for Dark Souls 3. But they, they left behind, um, you know, even the Ratbro Bro Covenant, Dark Souls 2, was at least interesting and unique. And then, you know, stuff like the Bell Covenant, just making a free-for-all area. But even with Dark Souls 3, it's just like, okay, I'm going to invade, or I can get summoned and fight somebody. Like I don't know, there's something lackluster about the covenants and dark souls 3 for me. Yeah, especially when you're trying to farm a uh, proof of concords, Been there and done that and it is not fun. <laughs> uh, silver knights. Silver knights. Yeah, just sit there, I'll burn through like 18 episodes of um Hello from the Magic Tavern while I was doing that. Just <laughs> just going to sit here and listen to this podcast and kill a bunch of silver knights over and over again uh i did that with don't give up skeleton <laughs> well thank you man i appreciate that <laughs> oh yeah i've been listening since i think the first couple came out just because oh. i like hearing other people talk about souls yeah that's the reason i do the show is so i can continue to talk to people that like to talk about souls so that my wife doesn't get mad at me <laughs> yeah my boyfriend is not happy with the amount of time i play souls <laughs> I say that she's actually pretty cool about the whole thing. And just at a certain point, she's like, Jeremy, I don't care. Like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have any kind of reference for it. I don't particularly care to learn, like go find somebody else to talk to about this. So, (laughs) It's funny. My boyfriend will pick up on certain words or phrases that he sees or hears. And he'll just bring them up in random conversation. And he, (laughs) he loves classical architecture. And he pulled up this, uh, this castle from somewhere in Europe and says, Hey, that kind of looks like Anne Orlando, doesn't it? And I, I took a, a second glance, like, wait, did you just, did you just say that? <laughs> did it, was it actually the place, the, uh, whatever that, cause there is a, there is a place that actually has like all of those buttresses and everything from Anne Orlando. I don't know if it was the exact one, but it, it looked similar enough that you could have fooled me. Gotcha. There was a, uh, I, I've interviewed a guy and it'll be out by the time your episode comes out um but he's kind of like a specialist or maybe not a specialist it's the wrong word but he's very much into architecture and uh, he does this series called uh, crt souls where he takes he runs dark souls through like a crt monitor and then takes pictures of what comes out (laughs) and it's like specifically all the architecture and stuff and it's just fascinating like i can just go down a rabbit hole in his blog looking at pictures all day long that actually sounds really interesting. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll link you his Twitter after the fact, and you can you can watch his Twitter. His Twitter is is really really fun. Assuming that you have a Twitter, I actually I haven't asked you that or anything yet. I do. Excellent. Um, what did you think about Dark Souls Two from a from a story perspective? I know it's somewhat of the unpopular opinion, but I liked that it differentiated itself from the first Dark Souls game. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. Super jazzed about the whole fragment of Manis thing. I felt like that got stretched a bit thin in the Crown's DLC.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I still love the Crown's DLC for gameplay, but I found the story to be more disposable, I think, than Dark Souls ones was. Okay, but I still appreciated the fact that it was trying to tell its own story, and the fact that it was cobbled together in the way it was is still really impressive. Which uh, which which game did you run to after that? Did you go into Bloodborne? Uh, no, I think Dark Souls three had been announced mm-hmm. right about the time that I was still PvPing pretty hard in Dark Souls two, and that was all I had my sights on was getting that game, you know, as soon as I physically could. <laughs> so uh, so you just kept playing Dark Souls two until Dark Souls three came out. Pretty much. And Dark Souls 1. I I found Lobos Jr. after all that PvP stuff and started watching different challenge runners and thought, oh, I can do that. Which, no. Nobody, <laughs> nobody can do that. What kind of challenge runs were you trying? I think the first one I did was a Soul Level 1 Pyromancy. Mm-hmm. So Dark Souls 1 Pyromancy was easy mode. Yeah. Just because you could upgrade the flame you know, to plus 10 for you did much so that that was that was my first my second was no shield you know just the the basic ones mm-hmm. dark souls 2 i did uh actually staff uh physical hit only staff physical hit only okay so you've got a a magic item equipped and you're using just just the uh, melee attack on it yeah the i think i did the dark sunset staff okay and did because the physical damage I think scales with with Interfaith or something Mm -hmm. on that for some reason or at least it did in Vanilla and just spammed the R2 of that and it was very slow but very doable (laughs) Did you do any other ones? Oh I went through Dark Souls 1 Permacurst Oh no! So half health or quarter health or? Uh, Half health. Oh jeez man that's such a (laughs) That can be such a pain in the ass with that, with with that, with, with that little health. Because every just like one hit will will kill you. Yeah, I, I think I got stumped on ONS for a while with that one, just because you know one smoe hammer and and you're done. Well, what was it? Because Dark Souls three would have been the first game that you were kind of that had not come out yet. That you actually had to kind of stand around and like wait for it to come out. How was the lead up to that? Were you watching all the trailers? Were you watching pre release streams? What, what What were you doing? I tried to stay as blind to it as I could. I had Firelink Shrine spoiled for me, sadly. But I went into it about as blind as I could. That always seems um that seems like the biggest thing that they just let loose out there for for no reason. <laughs> they just like put that out there immediately, which kind of which was kind of lame. Yeah. Although for me the hardest part about Dark Souls 3 was actually getting my copy in one piece. Because I was um I was in line at GameStop for, for the midnight release. Uh-huh. And for some weird reason the GameStop employee would not stop hitting on me. Okay. <laughs> and I know it's weird, but I'm just standing in line and they're like, So what are you doing after you get the game? And I'm like, I'm going home and playing the game. <laughs> playing it. And they I was there with one of my friends, and they just kept looking at me like is this happening to you right now? (laughs) Does this happen a lot? (laughs) No. (laughs) What a strange thing to happen in line at a video game store. Yeah. And the weird thing was, it wasn't, you know, some other random person in line that I could just ignore. This was the employee that was going to hand me my copy of the game when midnight hit. Yeah. That's really strange. Yeah. So that, that was not, not fun they always say like don't hit on people that when they're at their job but also if you're at your job maybe don't hit on your customers either <laughs> maybe they, yeah, we could just we could just give we could just everybody can agree on that for a little while yeah because you'll creep them out and they'll never go to your GameStop again <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's an easy way to solve that problem right there <laughs> exactly and well, then so, i got home and played the hell out of it yeah so kind of walk me through your first impressions of dark souls 3 my first first impressions were actually that it was more difficult than I had anticipated, but I was going through with a really bad weapon. Which so weapon? I picked up the Irithal straight sword. Oh, that's the um, the frozen one that you get from the little little dude. Yeah, the outrider knight. Outrider knight. Okay. Yeah, and that weapon has awful split damage. Has no frostbite uh, buildup at all, and. <sighs> just is is not good but i made it through the game with it (laughs) the entire game with it from the point i got it i didn't unequip it i just had a cure like why like at that point you probably knew dark souls stuff right so you kind of knew like you could just switch your stuff at any time or you could change weapons up why did you stick with it for so long i i've always loved like frost magic and final fantasy and and all that kind of stuff and i thought this is a cool ice sword if I get a cooler ice sword later, then I'll use that. But I just wanted to use it because I thought it was cool. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> what was your uh, like? Have did you have a lot of trouble with the game? Um, after I kind of got back into the groove of of the way backstabbing and parrying and all that worked, as opposed to Dark Souls Two, I I had a pretty good time with it. Mm-hmm. And my second and like third through millionth playthroughs have all been easy breezy (laughs) (laughs) because at that point you didn't know exactly what you were doing oh yeah i think second time i went pyromancer with the the demon fist weapons Mm -hmm. which are the the fire uh fist weapon oh yeah 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 did a, a pure mage build with a Moonlight Greatsword, which is awesome at PvP, by the way. I love the Moonlight Greatsword in Dark Souls 3. I was so disappointed in it with uh, Dark Souls, excuse me, with Bloodborne, but I love it in Dark Souls 3. I think I still have it equipped, actually. I think that's like my primary DLC build right now. Oh, my primary is that uh, that Pyromancer from my second playthrough. Nice. And then I did a, a full heavy weapon strength, no shield with uh, the Fume Ultra which is a super fun weapon in PVP too. I have not messed around with that female great sword. I, I kept meaning to get there. I was going to make a, a, a Tarkus or not a Tarkus. What's the dude's name? Um, it's the Tarkus like lookalike that's over in the, uh, <clears throat> I almost said the chalice dungeons, but it's not the chalice dungeons. <laughs> Wait, no, so I thought that was black iron Tarkus. I thought, I thought he had a different name in the dark souls three, but I might be wrong i can't totally remember but but if you get that sword and you uh up your strength to 50 so you can one hand it Mm -hmm. uh the r2 will make people flat like a like pancaking them with a great hammer Mm -hmm. and then you can switch to the r1 and or the one-handed r1 and double combo that for really easy kills oh nice See now you're making me want to go play Dark Souls three again, and I I don't have time to do that because I'm too busy farming in Stardew Valley. It's the only game I can play right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I've been wasting all my time on Overwatch lately. Oh yeah, Overwatch is a lot of fun. I enjoyed that game. It's really fun. Yeah, I, it's it's fun. I, I wish I had like a, a regular crew to do it together that we could you know do the, you know like I actually have a team and, and go through that a lot, but it just hasn't hasn't happened. Yeah. And also, I'm too busy playing Stardew Valley. So I <laughs> can't stop. See, I haven't picked it up because I know how terribly I'm going to get into that game if I ever play it. It's, uh, it's, it's fierce, man. Like, I, it's, I, just can't make myself stop playing it like it's fucking ridiculous at that at this point and it's i'm way too many hours in to be i don't know why this isn't don't give up stardew valley i'm sorry we need to get away from this oh no i've been doing this every week on dark insight too i can't bring it into this dark souls podcast jesus (laughs) no it's okay i know i'd get into it because of all of the uh the harvest moon i played as a kid yeah i see it compared to harvest moon a lot I, i never played much much the harvest moon stuff so I think that may be part of the appeal for it to me. Um, have you messed it, messed around with the uh, Dark Souls 3 arena stuff for PvP? Is that where you do most of your stuff? Or do you just still do basic invasions? Um, I've messed around with it. I'm not a super big fan of limiting people's Estus. Because I love killing people that are that are chugging without taking a single hit. Mm-hmm. So I actually really like doing fight clubs at after the uh, Pont of Sullivan area. Yeah which on xbox one at least is still a really active place to to play if you're at the meta level what is the meta level nowadays i'm I'm so checked out of dark souls i don't even i don't even really know i think it's 120 to 125 okay well that's not bad yeah so for me it's pretty much 50 strength everything else can go into vitality and endurance (laughs) It's a, it's crazy how much you can crank up your vitality in Dark Souls 3. Like I was halfway through the game before I saw a screenshot on a friend's Facebook page that was her health bar was you know three quarters away from across the screen and I was like, wait a minute, what am I doing? I've been pumping <laughs> I've been pumping intelligence this entire time. This is not a good thing. No, especially because magic in Dark Souls 3 is not that great. It is it is way worse than not that great. <laughs> it's not even fun. <laughs> it's bad until you get crystal soul spear crystal soul spear is okay um but even then anything where you're having to split your Estus between you know the blue and the yellow but for a majority of the game you know, once you get into new game plus it's not much of a big deal but man uh, trying to start off as a sorcerer in that game was such a such a fucking misery oh god yes especially on bosses like vort that are pretty resistant to early game spells because i mean at that point you have what soul arrow and maybe the farin dart the fast one yeah you have that if you started with the uh, i started with the class that already had the um spook spell so oh, the I, I use, or whatever yeah, mm-hmm. um because my, my whole thing was i was going to do like a dex build and that just did not happen for me which is not that great so wow. god what what weapon could you even use with that like an uchi um, I saw everybody go for the Yuchi since um you can kill uh you know the master or whatever his name is uh right there out of outside of Firelink. So I was like, well, I'm not going to do that because that seems like it's going to be the weapon everybody uses. Um, so I went with um the significantly worse choice of the Great Scythe when I found it. Oh God! With, with the idea being to you know upgrade that a lot since it scaled from decks and then to apply you know whatever buffs I could find and get my hands on, and that was not a good idea. <laughs> it was not fun. That weapon is such a disappointment because in Dark Souls 1, I love the Great Scythe. It's one of my favorite weapons. And um, I'm actually, I was actually considering, I've, I've been kind of next week for, I think it's either, I think it's actually this weekend at the time of the recording, uh, is the return to Lake where they're doing the big PvP not PVP, but like everybody goes and starts a new character in Dark Souls 2. Mm-hmm. And I've been, uh, I've never power stanced sides before. And I think that might be like stupid and fun and hilarious if I could find two scythes to power stance. So I might go try that. See, I'm thinking of trying to do a low level with that and power stance, the uh I think it's the grand lance that you can get pretty early in the scholar version. Okay, so I was I was actually thinking about this today too. I was I was I stopped at a Wendy's and for some reason I was thinking about these grand lances because I never messed with them in Dark Souls 2. What what does the power stance moveset look like, do you know? I don't know. I've only ever used one of them, so I thought, hmm, stabby pokey weapons, power mm-hmm. stance could be pretty fun. It, it's got to be kind of cool at the very minimum. At least it has to be goofy. Oh, yeah. I'm hoping it's goofy because the regular one, two-handed R2, I think, is like a a spinning push forward mm-hmm. that when you're PvPing on that, that bridge outside of the Iron King's uh, area, okay, you can knock people right into the lava and it is the trolliest thing you can do because it breaks boys like nobody's business. <laughs> uh yeah i'm looking at a moveset video now and oh my god just get these people like there's a four minute thank you for showing me the block while you're power stancing that's exactly what i'm looking for <laughs> it look it looks appropriately goofy i could get into it like you can just stabbing with your left arm right arm i could i could probably really get into this i wonder how easy it is to get two of them huh it depends on how quickly you can get through required bosses because I think you find it right outside the pursuer's boss fog in the scholar like p s four xbox one version so I wonder if you um kill get the get the lance kill pursuer and then um bonfire aesthetic the uh that bonfire if you could get two of them right out the gate and then just kind of you know slam your decks in it until you can power stance them. I don't know. I have to try that now. Yeah, yeah. This is this is probably. I'm glad this is coming out after the Return to Drain Lake event because <laughs> nobody can steal our grand idea, our grand lance idea, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, and so I played the crap out of Dark Souls three, and my soul's itch just still wasn't satisfied. So I went out and bought a PS4 and Bloodborne. <laughs> Bloodborne is always the $500 video game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Tell me about your experience with Bloodborne cuz it's drastically different from a combat standpoint. So it took me a long while to get used to the faster pace. I think I I picked pretty badly my first time. I picked the hunter axe and the blunderbuss. Okay. So I didn't quite understand the importance of the parry timing because, you know, the spread shot just gives you a wider window. And so I rerolled a new character, went for the saw cleaver and the pistol and found myself just getting really into the parry timing. And then it all clicked for you? Oh yeah. After a little while, I feel probably the most comfortable in Bloodborne now. Really? Yeah, like it's my my sweet spot for for aggressive but not greedy, if that makes sense. mm mm-hmm. Mhm for having to like get up and stay up in a monster's face, but also knowing when you need to back the hell away. Mm -hmm. And I actually just last week beat uh, the old hunters for the first time. Oh, cool. Congratulations. Thank you. I don't (laughs) know how many times I died to orphan, but it was too many what a great fight that is though like that's one of my that's you've probably heard me say it several times but man i just i love that entire dlc from it's just so so great (laughs) it's oh yeah i mean everything about it there's so much there's so much minimal bullshit like there's actually not that much bs stuff um i think maybe in in new game plus you know you start getting into some HP, hp pools with the bosses that are a little too high but I I love fighting Orphan of Cause at New Game Plus with, you know, just any kind of weapon at all. Like, give me any weapon and I want to be able to just do that boss over and over and over again. Yeah. No, I feel like the worst Bloodborne DLC player, though, because the easy joke boss is the one that probably took me the most tries. (laughs) The uh, Living Failures? Yeah. (laughs) What was it about the Living Failures that messed you up? I have no damn clue. I think it was the weird hit boxes when their arms swing, but something I just did not get for the first five or six times. And I beat Maria like the second or third try. Man, that's weird, huh? Yeah. Well, Maria, her parry timing was pretty telegraphed. Yeah. If you know, if you know the, yeah, if you know that, like if you can get her parry timing down, she's a really easy boss. Or if you summon, summoning for that boss is just ridiculously easy too. See, I, I never summon for bosses on first playthroughs, just because I want to know that I can do it myself. Oh yeah, yeah, I get that. Like, I'll summon for an area just to clear out whoever's there, but but never for bosses. I'll use the silencing blank or whatever equivalent. I like um, I I enjoy summoning people, and I'll, it's a lot of fun. But I've, I've very very much tried to go through the fir- my first playthrough like kind of solo. If the most I'll I'll, I'll do is um drop my sign down so I can get summoned somewhere else so I can kind of practice on a boss with somebody else. Um, but I, I very rarely do I summon for people just for me. Yeah. So uh, I remember in Dark Souls 3, one of the first times I actually dropped my sign, a boss totally glitched out and was unkillable. <laughs> Which boss was it? Dancer? No, it was... um the crystal mage or crystal sage or whatever he Mm -hmm, is. mm -hmm. One of his little teleport clones just would not go away. (laughs) So it just kind of locked him in there. (laughs) It locked him in and the main boss wouldn't start taking any damage anymore. And they both just kind of froze in place. No matter what I did, you know, I'd swing my sword or throw a firebomb and nothing got him out of the loop. So I think I ended up throwing dung pies until i uh toxic myself and just died <laughs> you can always um nobody ever th- thinks to i don't think anybody ever remembers it, but you can always use a dark sign to just go back to a, you know bonfire whatever bonfire you were at last with all of your souls so oh. i I don't think I've ever done that actually. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's one of those weird things where you you have an item in your inventory from the very beginning of the game, and you probably never ever use it. But it's it's very very handy if you're um like if you've got 14 million souls and a blood stain somewhere, and you want to be very very careful, and you get into a bad situation, you could just dark sign out, and it'll keep your blood stain. You know, you'll lose the souls that you have on you, but your blood stain would still be right there. So yeah, see, I never was too crazy about losing large numbers of souls mm-hmm. because i'm an old school rpg player so the grind is always something that i'm okay doing so you know you lose ten thousand souls well i guess i'm killing pontiff knights for a while (laughs) i don't particularly care about the grinding like i don't i don't like to grind too much Um, but at some point i broke and was just like okay i don't i don't care that i'm losing souls anymore (laughs) Like I just don't. And I think it was actually the for, losing 14 million in Dark Souls 1 at some point, and I was just like, yeah, I don't, it doesn't bother me. I don't care. I'm not going to spend them anyway. So, why not? How did you even accrue 14 million in Dark Souls 1? PvP. Just do, uh, doing literally nothing but invading. And um, especially at the time that I was doing it, um, you would find people with uh, that had to use the Infinite Soul glitches to get to level 700 or whatever. and uh, So you would you would get summoned into say a forest fight and there'd be a host with two of his buddies that were all approximate approximately max level. And it would be like you, another blue and a red all in a kind of a free for all. And eventually somebody would kill the host and the, and you'd get like 700,000 souls from him. (laughs) This is ridiculous. Yeah. I still remember doing that glitch just for, for shits and giggles. I really, really like the drag. Did you ever mess with the dragon head glitch? Yes. A little bit that was so much fun just being able to spit uh like infinite um prism stones out everywhere and crash people's games it was just so much fun god karmic justice crashing people's games you just love trolling i do i do <laughs> I was having a conversation with a former guest, uh, Richard from the We're Not Wizards podcast today about Stardew Valley and I was telling him like, Okay, first you gotta get you need, you need you gotta get your goats and you gotta get your this so that you can get milk so that you can make cheese and once you get your cheese you get to do this and he's like, you know, you used to troll people in Dark Souls, and now look what you're doing. You're talking to me like you're a farmer. I'm like, I can't help <laughs> it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, I think the most fun little PV pleat pvp glitch thing that i've done Mm -hmm. is um in the first dark souls 3 dlc you know the the big bridge that you can cut yeah there's a certain spot on it and i think this got patched out but if you swung at it the physics object would just fling you into space basically awesome and i found that out the hard way by trying to cut the bridge and getting just thrown off of it but I would invade people and stand right next to it and just watch hosts, you know, rocket into the sky. <laughs> That's so much fun. Or what do you uh like do you keep up with kind of the gaming news and stuff? Like are you following from software nowadays to see what they're gonna do next? I'm enjoying watching all the backpedaling after Bandai Namco probably offered them ridiculous sums of money. Sure. But what, what, what do you want to see him do next? If it was if it was up to you, if you were President Miyazaki, oh God, um, I'd want to see a mildly more restrictive and exploration based game with Souls Combat. So something like an old school Zelda game, maybe, but with Souls like combat. Mm-hmm. Something that is artificially gated by items or abilities, but still controls the same way. Okay, what 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 about that appeals to you? Because most of the time, I talk to people, especially Dark Souls fans. They they want that kind of openness of a world so that they can, you know, how you can kind of break the game with Dark Souls One with you know not even glitches, but just skipping bosses or sh- getting shortcuts early or what have you. What about it? What about the restrictiveness that appeals to you? I think it's the idea of learning to master and figure out different ways to get through it mm-hmm. that that is appealing to me because. I like watching a lot of speed runs of games like Castlevania Symphony of the Night or Metroid two or Zelda link to the past and seeing the ways that people can kind of exploit the restrictions to make something cool has appealed to me. Mm -hmm. And that coupled with combat that can kind of evolve as the story evolves with different items or abilities being unlocked. Seems like it would be an interesting way to deal with it. Interesting that's a good answer thank you <laughs> well alex thank you very much for sitting down and spending about an hour with me this, this afternoon i really really appreciate it where can people find you on the internet if they want to seek you out see i'm on twitter at alexander g413 uh that's about the only place you'll ever find me unless okay. you see me on reddit you know in the <laughs> dark Souls subreddits <laughs> which you will never see me on I, I've, I've tried several times to break into that, that reddit thing and, and to get into and I just I don't know what about it I, like I have a huge thread about don't give up skeleton on reddit and I just was like okay well that's done and I'll never be seen again because it fell off the front page so bye I'm never going to update it <laughs> well thank you <laughs> yeah for, that, thank that you community again. is weird yeah reddit seems a little insular um, which is kind of weird for how public that they want everything to be I don't know it's just a strange thing <laughs> Thank you again for for guesting. I very much appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for having me. As always, I've been your host, Jeremy Greer. You can find me on Twitter at J.G. Greer. You can find the podcast and all of its social media links at don'tgiveupskeleton.com. You can specifically find us on Instagram, where every week I post a preview of that week's episode. So if you have a short attention span like me, you can listen to a 30-second podcast instead of a 60-minute podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, Over the last few months, the show has gotten bigger and bigger, which is super gratifying, and it makes it just even more fun to do these. And as always, if you want to be on the show like Alex, just send me an email and be prepared to wait for a couple months, and I will get you on the show. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and remember, don't give up, skeleton. And we're good. All right, stop audio. What uh, format do you want this saved as? Um, MP3.